one. Quiet on the set. I think we're live. We're live. Welcome to Beer Field, where you don't know if we are wearing pants or not, because you're either listening on audio, or if you're on YouTube, you can only see our faces. I'm Beer Field Hop, he's Beer Field Thurry, and it's week 14. It's week. This is flown by. We just talked about this. This year has flown by. It's like we found so a quickly. format that's conducive to not being burnt out by week 8. I mean, that is also very nice. It just felt like this... It was like the opposite of 2020 where it felt like it could never end. And now we're in this. Well, for it's almost like 22 is pretty much here. Like we're, we're three weeks away. Already got off season trade rumors springing up and all sorts of stuff. Love it. Do you love it? All right. As I mentioned on Twitter, I am at Beerfield Hop with two P's. He's at Beerfield Theory. The show is at Beerfield. Uh, not a lot going on there. At least for another fifty-two weeks, um, <laughs> until Nick comes back. Right on <laughs> Beerfield podcast on YouTube and wherever you get your podcast, you know one of those two things. Otherwise, there's no way you heard this message. It's been been a ride so far this year, but you know we're at the we're at the end of it. So we got Sunday morning live streams here through throughout at least uh, your championship week. Yep. So. We got that for you, but this should be the last week of your regular season, unless, you know, they're doing something Scott Fish style where you have to start in week 14 and they're applying, you know, like average season points to your total score or something like that. But yeah, anyway, we'll have those conversations in a minute. Uh, A couple things we got to talk about from the Twitter sphere, and then we may go see if we can find a couple more interesting things to discuss. Got some injury news to get into, a couple big ones this week as you make your final playoff push. And then we're going to do an extended game preview. If you've been around for a while, you know, we kind of backed off of those a little bit. This one should be a little bit more, I mean, we didn't prep for it at all, but it should be a little bit more reminiscent of of what we did maybe last year, year before. A little bit more in-depth because we do understand that, you know, a lot of you guys are going to be on the playoff bubble. You're going to be, you know, you've ran through the scenarios in your head of, I just need X, Y, and Z to happen with a little bit of luck. And then it's going to come down to points. I have to outscore this guy by this much. Try to give you some game options. If you just need to try to ensure a win versus if you need to win big versus, you know, you just need points and it doesn't matter if you want or lose. Because those are two, all three very different scenarios as you go into this. So do a little extra there. But as always, before we do that, I feel like my words in the intro normally like way outnumber yours, but I feel like this one's very lopsided. I mean, normally, I mean, but you, you fit all the notes, little changes. Um, but I mean, 
the more they hear your voice, the more they want to come back. So I don't know that I, that's true, given the steadily declining listener base. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it is that time of the year. Three people just stopped watching. Three people are just like, God damn. Fuck this guy. Most Three likely, people yeah. just stop watching. <laughs> I d- no, I don't know. I don't know if that's. I'm true. good, bud. I'm good. It might be true. I, I don't know. I don't know. All right, we're drinking. What are we drinking? Beer review. <laughs> no, I have not done that in a while. It's been. You were due. What's fueling beer fueled? Nick used One day, to struggle with that way more than anybody else on their review preview. <laughs> one day we're going to have more listeners on our first episode than we'll have on this on one of our future episodes. It's going to be uh wait, it's going to be it's going to be good and sad. One day we're going to have more listeners on our first episode. One, one day we're going to have less listeners on than our just, we're going to have less listeners than our first show. Okay, yeah, okay. I get it. I yeah. get what you were trying to say now. What yeah, you said yeah the I, first I completely time? fucked it up. Just like yeah, that's right on cue for this. So that's normal. Anyways, yeah, that is totally normal. I am drinking half acres Orin. Orin is a barrel day strong ale. Um release this time every year. I almost always pick it up. At least I have had the last I think four years now. Um it's one of my my favorite style of, of strong ale. This barley wine style. So, I mean, I'll be honest up front. It's it's already delicious. It's just something that I bring out at this point. Generally, at this point every year. All right, and a yearly release. Um, I am drinking Bent Rivers Jingle Java. So, hmm. out of Rock Island, Jingle Java is a coffee uh, stout brewed with oatmeal. Um, it has some tasting notes on here. I actually agree with a lot of them. This one feels more flavorful than the last time I had it overall. So I don't know if tweet something or not, but it's pretty good. It's been it. a couple of years since we had it on, so figured we were due. All right. Um you want to do Twitter first or do you want to get into some of this news some of these injuries and stuff? Let's do first? Twitter first and then we can dive into the uh All right. the news. Let's do Twitter first. You said you got a collusion trade to start with. I want to talk a little bit about People complaining about week 14 buys. Um, and then, oh, look, first thing at the top of my timeline, Dynasty League should not have trade deadlines. <laughs> We've already talked about that. Yeah. All, right, All go, right. Go ahead with your collusion deal. So, you know, I wake up this morning and I, you know, I, I generally check the socials because I, I have yet to become a great employee and check my emails first. Uh, there is a post that popped up and he, and he asked, top the post, is this collusion? Details of the trade. I guess just details overall. So team coming in. So there's a team in fifth place. Uh, uh, four teams to make the playoffs and said league. Take this team's in fifth place right now. They traded Madison to the bottom place team to help the bottom place team beat the team this guy is trying to leapfrog. He traded a third round pick for him. He wins. Dynasty or redraft? Uh, Dynasty. He wins. Two days later, he traded Madison. The bottom place seed traded Madison back to this original team for a second round pick. So basically, the fifth place team 
borrowed away Madison or sent away Madison as a rental player to help beat the team that he was facing. And uh, so he can leapfrog him and get him to the playoffs. That was the that was the premise of what this deal is. And he sent it up as a poll. He asked, "Is this collusion or is this a good business?" And it got a lot of spark and a lot of conversation to it. I'm assuming the majority of that said collusion. A lot of people. So as of right now, 71% said collusion, or got 72%, and then. 28% said good business. So 28% of people are the people who would also collude because they think it's completely okay. And there are leagues for that. There are leagues that support collusion and doing this type of thing. In a normal dynasty league, to me, there is not a more obvious example of collusion there than, than this. If there's no trade back and you're just sending him off to help beat the guy and living with that, it's a little easier to argue, you know, the other way around on this one. Sure. You know, it's a lopsided deal, but, you know, you don't know what Madison's long-term outlook is. He's been really good in relief. I mean, that would still be very lopsided because I think Madison's worth more than a third, especially given Cook's injury history and the out they have on him. Yep. Um, But... You know, at the same time, the trade back is what really seals the deal. It is to the fact that this is, without a shadow of a doubt, collusion. There is no good business in Dynasty is trades that help both teams for what they're trying to do. You got a last I mean, place team. You should. I mean, this to- did help both teams. This guy got a. This guy got a. This guy turned his third round pick into a second round pick, but, and 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 in turn helped. And in turn, this guy, you know, took the risk and made the playoffs because Madison outscored enough, scored enough points. It's obvious to get him to that point. It's obvious collusion. I mean, it, it, that does not help. I moved up around in the draft for a trade in and trade out. That's a rental fee. That's not. He didn't even move up around. See, that's the funny part. I've been thinking about this all day. Yeah. And thankfully, I drive two hours to get to my. Generally, drive an hour plus to get to my. Moved my stop. So Actually, I really thought about couple, this. He moved deal. up a couple spots given where they're positioned at. Not well, even I mean, like round. he's bottom place, right? So three hundred one. Yeah. I don't know how big this you know this league is, but if you're operating a twelve team league, at best, this guy spots. moves up six spots. At best. They go from three to two. Yeah, so half a round. That's yeah. a rental fee. And the other yeah. guy moved back six spots. That's a rental fee. That is not an in good faith. This team needs draft capital to help rebuild. It's a lopsided in value trade, even at the front. And you don't trade away and then trade back. It's an undo button. Yeah. So here's my thought on this. Because I've I've been all over the place now. I actually feel about this because I don't think this is bad. I mean, it's bad. Like if I saw this as a commissioner, I'd be I'd be a little worried. But here's the thing: there's no rules. He's he said it in within this post that there is no rules on this. And dynasty is extremely difficult. It is far harder to prove collusion in dynasty than it is in redraft. And generally, the outcomes are like 
the show collusion is even bigger because one player is not going to flip the script. So this could have went completely backwards. Again, it doesn't matter because it happened anyways. But it's it's been weighing on me. It's like if I was a commissioner and I saw this, I would wait until until people bitch. Because what I saw here is two people that found a loophole to get through. It's what New England does when trying to get the edge. Yes, it looks horrible. But there's nothing to prevent it. And they found a way to get there. And, and they did it within the context of, of, of what makes sense. Not well, like, there's no commissioner veto laid out in this league. Not specifically calling out collusion, but there's no commissioner veto laid out in this league. I'm assuming there's no vote veto laid out in this league. But there's no None of that was said. I, I didn't see that at all. Because it's just a lot of people you know, first off, if you have it. a dynasty league without commissioner veto power, you gotta rethink that one. And I have no clue. It doesn't say if he's the commissioner, it doesn't say what happened. It, it obviously this trade went through, so obviously the commissioner approved it. And a lot of times I wouldn't be shocked if this went over people's head. Because there's a few days gap in between there. You see a trade, you see a trade on a trade. We've seen in our leagues alone, we'll see the same player traded to multiple teams in the same week for draft picks. And that would it it, it it takes people actually looking at this. So again, again, not an excuse. I'm just saying it, it's a loophole doesn't change what something is, though. And that's the core. Someone trying to make the playoffs that's, done you colluded, done probably poorly. You and you colluded. can definitely remove them. But I don't think you remove uh, them. I think that so I mean, you could if you if you're this if if people are the like if, I, I, if people in your league are this pissed off. I mean, it, it could come to that. I have an idea how I would handle it. I would have just stopped the trade back. That would have been probably an even better idea. That's what I would have done. You just prevented the just, trade from going backwards, but it's stopped again. It's not in the rules though. I would have just so now stopped the undo. I would have vetoed the second trade if there's commissioner veto power, right? If it yeah. is because. You know, we've had a lot of... I put out tweets against vetoing. I'm not for league vote because a lot of times you have four or five people in the league that think they should be the tr the protector and the be-all, yeah. end-all of what trade value is and lopsided trades are not collusion. You know, we've done this show for a lot of years. We've talked about a lot of scenarios. You know very much so that I am not the one to scream collusion at, oh, I know. at bad deals. There is no, a duck is a duck, right? It doesn't matter if there, you know, if there's a loophole there, fine. There was a loophole there. They could get through it. They exploited it. A duck is a duck. It's still collusion. Now, is collusion allowed? I think you're more arguing. I don't think you're arguing that it wasn't colluding. I think you're more arguing that they might have colluded, but it was allowed by the league bylaws. So whatever. And okay, I can see that argument. And I can even agree with that argument. If there's nothing spelled out for commissioner veto, if the commissioner didn't deem it colluding, whatever. My opinion, if I'm the commissioner, yeah. and there's commissioner veto power in that league, it's collusion. The first trade is an obvious collusion. The second one is I'm vetoing the second trade, and you get to live with that first trade. And if you two are pissed off about it, 
you're just trying to hide from what you're doing, but that would also be spelled out too, right? So here's sure. the other thing, right? If you're the commissioner and your people are pissed, you got to ratify something going forward to spell out commissioner veto on collusion or, you know, panel veto or three put or three person panel. So you have a quorum, something like that. Cause we've done some three person and listener leads yeah. and stuff like that or yeah. to where we're, we'll have a quorum for sure. Um, to make sure that that's spelled out and there's not the loophole for it to happen again. If you do not want colluding in your league, if you want colluding in your league, go for it. So I'm not taking an opposed point to the point I think you're making. Cause no, the point I think you're making is it's collusion, but so what? Because they didn't say you couldn't collude. It's hard. I'm basically saying that it, it's, it, it, it may seem obvious, if it was me commissioned, I would, I'd do my, I, I would do my investigation. Would you trade Alexander I could, Madison to move up six spots? I would I trade Alex? No, no. If I would if anybody. I have Madison and am I and I'm in this position, I mean we've seen worse trades. I personally wouldn't make it because six spots from an early third to a mid second, regardless of league format most times isn't worth most times you're trying to trade back and gain here's the other question too here's the other question too right you want to prove it's not collusion you are you're arguing that it makes sense for both teams how does getting a win and moving up six spots help that last place team again we don't know what the other standings were but exactly. how right? does it help yeah. that last place team, right? Because if you're in that bottom position, you don't want to win games most of the time. Maybe and maybe there's exactly. more of a separation there to where maybe there's more of a separation there to where he could afford to win a game and it's whatever. But if you're in that bottom position in a dynasty league and you still have your first and second round picks, which you should if you didn't screw up, what you do not want to do is you don't want to win games and you don't want to score points. You want to do it ethically, but you yeah. don't want to win games and you don't want to score points. And you so, don't, I mean, like, and it depends, you know, this person could view the 101 and the 103 as the same, right? Third picks are the same. So there's a range of outcomes where this deal becomes, a, where it comes to move up, comes to get better. But a lot of that is just mute in terms of the fact is, is that this guy, this, this, this trade only made sense to one person. It did. The person that's trying and, to make the playoffs. And that's the person that's trying to make the playoffs. And, and in that sense, that's fine. It's the trade back that's been the biggest problem. Yes. Is trading the player and the pick back, which obviously there's conversations around. I, I don't know how you can't, you know, prove that you didn't talk about this unless the person you traded with is that out of it. And then you can have a whole other conversation about that person. It's just, yeah. I found it very interesting. Because there's people in the chat that said that they put rules in place to prevent a player from trading, from being traded back to their, to their previous team within a time frame, and that I think, and it, it's never happened to me. I don't know if it's ever happened to you, but it's never happened in the countless dynasty leagues I have and that I've been playing for five years. I've never seen that happen. I've seen the same player moved in the same week. Between. I'm on you know, three different teams, but I've never seen that trade back. Yeah, I haven't seen the trade back happen either. I mean, so, and it sounds like it's a lot more common in these uh, comments than, than what we've seen. So, yeah, I've never seen it either, not in the same season. 
And I think that if I were going to put a rule like that in place, that's essentially what it would be, is that if you trade somebody away during the season. So it's not a calendar year. It's if you trade somebody away during the season, you cannot trade back for them until after the playoffs. I think yeah, you, you just set whatever you want it to be set. Yeah, uh, that's that's how I would do that because you can trade somebody in training camp, right? And then they do something totally unexpected. You're suddenly, you know, you traded somebody away. They have a better season than anticipated. You're in the hunt and didn't expect to be go trade back for them in season you know, a little different or even shorter. Oh, redraft. This is easily. This is easy. easy easy collusion and redraft. redraft. Yeah. Yeah. Easily. Yeah. It's very easily collusion and redraft. It'd be hard for me. I I, I don't know. I've, like I said, I've been very back and forth and how I feel. I I mean, I wouldn't be happy about it, but I, I, it's almost like a, okay, you found a way to kind of work around something. It looks very bad. We're going to have a conversation about it. I probably would have kept it because they found a way. They basically traded within the rules. It just looked very fucking sleazy. It all depends on how my rules are laid out. And if I don't have it in the rules exactly. and I don't want that type of thing happening, I'm amending the rules in the off season. Exactly. I would almost vote it on right there. It just depends on how people react to it. And that's if enough people even pay attention to it. Because like I said, I mean, you could see the same player pop up in the same week traded and you may not even know it's between the same two people. So yeah, I've only seen collu- obvious collusion one other time too. And I've never, a, I mean, I've seen it come yeah. close once and this was before you and I had even met. Oh, this was, this one was obvious. It was a home redraft league, Brent's league. Um, oh, it's right. I remember you telling us about this. Yeah. Yeah. Where a guy was out of it and was pissed off because a lopsided trade that clearly wasn't collusion went through. And so once he was out of it, there was like a full rosters worth of trades that went yep. down between him and his brother. Yep. Yep. That was obvious collusion. Wasn't, I think you were even like, I would fucking veto that. And you have a much softer veto finger than I do just from. Oh yeah. No, no, I would have. Uh, like that. that is, that is clear and obvious. And that's why generally when I see collusion, it's generally fucking obvious. Like, but a one player, like, this could have backfired on the guy and then he would have never gotten it back. And he would have just, I, I don't know. I, I just found the whole thing really, really odd, but yeah, that's, that's my, uh, my Twitter finding of the week. All right. The other thing I've seen on Twitter a lot is people complaining about, um, people complaining about week 14 buys mostly man i'd be real mad if i had jonathan taylor in a bye week in week 14 or i'd be real mad if i have this in a bye week in week 14 question is why that's why you move the playoffs right i mean yeah you move the playoffs to week 15 so you're not bitten the playoffs the assumption is that everybody else has had their superstar players or regular starters or multiple on bye you don't get Jonathan Taylor every week of the fantasy season because his buy's late. You know, it it's at a critical time, sure. But that one win loss is still one win loss, whether it's in week six or it's in week fourteen. I mean, you've seen this. You know he's been on a week fourteen buy since the middle of August, July. Yeah. yeah. You knew that's ain't fucking shocking anybody. 
If you don't want them, trade them. At that point, fine. Yeah. I'm not going to have them for my playoff push. Maybe I'm a French playoff team and I still have trade deadlines. I'm not going to trade them, make sure I get myself in, and then let fate take charge. Unless you're in Dynasty, then I can definitely see why. But then again, that, that falls on the commissioner, you know, to change it if you know if so be it or you know you know if you can or can't change it then you have to fucking deal with it which happened to me but i'm trying not to make the playoffs and now we're playing the week you know 14 regular season i'm not going to make the playoffs i'm actually happy that he changed it huh wow so vampire league um Guy went in and dropped. This is John Bosch tweet. I'm just seeing more collusion. People drop. Oh no, I saw that. Yeah, Dynasty I saw that. League. Yeah, kick outable offense. Right. Fair warning. If he he went in and dropped Michael Thomas, uh, I'm not so worried about Ryan Fitzpatrick. I think Cedric this Wilson, is a Dynasty League. He did it in. Yeah. It is. A, it is. I mean, yeah. Simeon, Cedric Wilson, Ryan Fitzpatrick. Fine, whatever. Michael Thomas and Christian McCaffrey, though. Both dropped in Dynasty. I love how you blocked. I think he went and blocked all these people that were associated with John, too. Did he? Yeah, he went on a blocking spree that, you know, basically, I'm I'm assuming the guy got pissed off because his year sucked because he lost all of his quote-unquote good players. Yep. And then, or something happened. Yeah, that 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 is like the last thing you should ever do. Like if you get pissed, people get pissed off, but to completely try to go out of your way to make the commissioner's life hell and to be an asshole. Yeah, I would. Yeah, I'm glad. And there's lists out there. Scott Fish has lists of people that he has put on his blacklist amongst over his thousands of leagues that he commissions too. So he does. They're there. You don't want to be yeah. there. You never want to be on that list because he will share it. I mean, he said that people have asked him, yeah. If you could see the list, you know, just in case. And I'm like, yeah, man, I think that's, yeah. I'd be curious to see it just to see it, but I wouldn't ask for it unless I had a real reason. I want to know who's on it. <laughs> I want to know if I recognize anybody. Oh, I, I'm sure we do. Uh, I am sure we do. Barkley's back on the injury report with an ankle injury. Yep. 2021 in a nutshell. Everyone's fucking, every running back's fucking hurt. Besides Jonathan Taylor. Um, okay. I think I'm good here. There's some dynasty ranking and stuff coming out. Like, you know that you're getting near the end of the season when people start tweeting dynasty rankings. You see, I've, I've seen some like redraft. I've seen some re-rankings or, you know, redrafting the 2021 draft and stuff like that, which I'm sure we'll, 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 well, we touch on that in the off season when we go through our our three or our you know three years worth of of rookie classes that we always do. So you guys will hear our thoughts in you, the off season. Yep, you will absolutely hear our thoughts. There's this idiot saying not collusion on an obvious collusion thing. That was you. You're that idiot. I know. I don't think. I mean, it, it's like I said. I don't. It's hard to prove if it's collusion. It may look obvious, but it doesn't mean that it is. It's just something really, really fishy. Yeah, beyond really, really fishy. All right, let's talk about some injuries. Couple 
couple good riffs there. Uh, not injury, Daniel Carlson for your extension if your dynasty league has kickers. He's been very good. I know one league that does. I do too. So the way it goes. <laughs> Let's see. Andy Dalton not practicing. Justin Field to rename the Bears starter. We'll get to that here in a moment. I think your your big injuries right now are going to be Adam Thielen, high ankle yep. sprain. Um, not playing Thursday. Not playing Thursday. Logan Thomas season-ending IR. So it's a second stint on IR, so he's done. Yep. Uh, Saquon Barkley is back on the injury report with an ankle injury. Uh, you got a lot of limited participants, which is normal this time of year. Um, people still not practicing like like DeAndre Swift. Um, you got you got Mike Williams on the COVID list, and it sounds uh, like he's not vaccinated. Yeah, Mike Williams is on the COVID list. There's somebody else that went to the COVID list as well that I, they suspected wasn't going to play. Uh, uh, Keenan Allen, but he is vaccinated. It wasn't so there. There was a chance he could come back. It wasn't Keenan Allen though. It was. I thought it was a Jet. Maybe. I don't know. Speaking of Jets, Corey Davis, IR, uh, season-ending core muscle surgery. So. More Elijah Moore. Yep. Elijah Mitchell's in concussion protocol. Uh also has, can't stay healthy. Also has irritation in his knee. Let's see, T. Higgins currently not practicing. Alvin Kamara expected to return to practice. Debo not practicing. Swift not practicing. A lot of guys not practicing right now. First round buys in fantasy leagues this year. Kind of huge. So Ezekiel, so Zeke said he feels pretty good about his knee. Said it won't be hundred percent for another three to four weeks. Yep. So realistic um, chance. I think there's a bit of a chance that that Dallas. I mean, you hope you you actually kind of hope that Dallas sits him. Yeah. I mean, I know it, it'll definitely suck, but it, you know we could see again uptick in touches and snaps opportunities for Pollard and. Or okay. is he kind of getting the rest? It was Mark Ingram I saw, but he's yes, yes, he's, right. He's right. vaccinated, so should be all With right. With Kamara returning to practice, he's supposed to return uh, today. Uh, Jair Alexander returning to practice. God, Green Bay needs some really, really, really bad. Yep, DeAndre, the secondary is not good. No, but the pass rush has found some life. Yeah, DeAndre Swift is improving. Something still not practicing, but improving apparently. Uh, Joe Mixon, non COVID related illness. <laughs> uh, Everyone getting hurt, man. Everyone's Jesus. hurt. Tyrod Taylor's hurt again. Joe Burrow's got a dislocated pinky. Elijah Moore, day to day of the quad injury. Tevin Coleman, not practicing with a concussion. J.D. McKissick returned to practice after being concussed. Just yikes, man. Just Montez yikes. Sweat not going to play against the Cowboys. And they're, you know, already without Chase Young. So their defense is neutered. Let's see, Taysom Hill. Finger injury. Probably going to start in week 14. Everybody's hurt. That's pretty much what we uh, 
Niners are hoping that Debo's back against the Bengals in this week, which would be huge, obviously. That would be nice. Yeah, it's not like you're playing against a hapless Seattle team that you lost to. So Cincinnati, a far better opponent. Getting your most important offensive piece back would be uh, pretty big. Yeah. Well, Kenny Stills was waived. Yeah. I think that has gone through everything. Uh, I'm, yeah. I'm through the Monday. I'm through the Monday. Monday news. All right. Or, uh, games. Well, let's go ahead and get into We're 30 minutes in. Let's go ahead and get to the previews. Let's do it old school. Let's get to the previews and then we'll do the beer review about half uh, when we hit the three o'clock games. Let's do it. That's definitely old school style. All right. Let me get everything ready here. Wait, hold on. We got to go. Are you going to find the drop? I already had the drop. We preview. No, I'll get you go. All right, go ahead. I almost feel like that could be your intro. Probably. All right, we got uh, Steelers at the Vikings. Vikings are three-point favorites at home. Game total is at 43 and a half. That, that, not been sudden. Both teams are kind of going in opposite direction. Pittsburgh has found some life in a, uh, in a win at home against Baltimore last week. Well, Minnesota did what Bears fans couldn't do and actually lose to the Lions. And Zimmer still didn't get fired. Yeah, they'll fire. Yeah. <sighs> Minnesota's baddest favorites. They're one and four this year as a whole, 0 and 2 as home favorites. While Pittsburgh is 5 and 2 as underdog favorites and 3 and 2 as road dog favorites. Pittsburgh's playing better. It sounds like maybe Big Ben has maybe found some life. While Minnesota has kind of reverted back to the issues that we've seen last year. Like this team was on the bubble of of being either really good or they're going to kind of fall back down the earth with the countless uh, double digit point uh, deficits given back up um, in every single close game. So I'm still going Pittsburgh on the road. Uh, I take the over. I think this game is going to be close throughout. You're going to see a lot of uh, fourth quarter scoring. So Pittsburgh plus three and the over 43 and a half. All right, on to the fantasy side of this. Let's go ahead and just go position by position here, shall we? Um, At quarterback, you're right. Ben Roethlisberger has been playing much, much better. The Vikings defense has absolutely no teeth to it. Ben Roethlisberger is a guy that I'm streaming this week. Um, I forget what... Oh, Tua is the reason I have to stream him, so... Oh, yeah, he's on on by this week. Yep, so I am totally on board with the Ben Roethlisberger stream this week. The Kirk Cousins side of, th- side of things is a little less rosy. Kirk has been pretty good, um, you know, all things considered. He, he's a good fantasy quarterback. He kind of always has been. Uh, Pittsburgh, though, top 10 team against um, wide receivers. So, actually, I think that's right. Hold on. Remember, I told you we didn't actually prep for this. I kind of got a... Got a double Top 10 team against wide receivers. They are both. No, 11th worst. Sorry. 11th worst and Minnesota's second worst. But most of it, you know, some of that was without without Joe Hayden. A lot of that was to secondary type of receiving options. So a Darnell Mooney before Robinson was hurt. 
Um, Mike Williams went off. T. Higgins went off. So, you know, Joe Hayden, Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson's a superstar, right? So yeah, you're not sitting, you're not him. sitting to him. But what you may look for in a guy that I like this week, if you're in one of those positions I talked about where you need to outscore somebody by X amount, you need to go for ceiling. K.J. Osborne. I'm man. Um, and K.J. Osborne, you saw flashes of it early in the season. Um, you know, we know that Minnesota's not high volume passing most of the time. So kind of kind of fell off a bit. But another big game last week after Adam Thielen went down early. And, you know, that's a guy that has some tremendous pop to him uh, that, you know, not unlike Darnell Mooney, similar size to um, who went for, I think, 17.6 non-PPR fantasy points. Darnell Mooney had a you know, big touchdown catch against them. So that's kind of what you're hoping for with those pop players. Uh, but I like KJ Osborne. The other thing you got to look at, Tyler Conklin's been a tight end that's on the verge of streaming status. Now, Steelers don't give up a ton to that position. But if you're in a situation where, you know, you've lost uh, Logan Thomas, you've got Mike Kosicki on by, um, you know, it, it is a situation where you can go out and and pick up Conklin and try to start him and get some floor out of it because he should see part of that vacated Thielen target volume. I mean, you're losing Goddard. You lost, you know, both Henry. John really hasn't been much this year. The Colts, Jack Doyle, has been it's been going off the last couple of weeks. So there, there's a lot of tight end options. Vikings eighth in passing plays per game, thirty-seven point six uh, pass attempts per behind game. Behind a lot more. Uh, well, when you play in these tight games and you're yeah. constantly giving up leads, <laughs> it makes sense. Um, no, no, Delvin Cook. They may have to go a little more on Teppo. 91.2, 91.8 was the snap share, Osborne. Uh, seven targets, four catches, and a touchdown for 47 yards, 59 air yards. Um, I expect Fitzpatrick to shadow towards Jefferson's side more. I think Osborne is going to get uh, a lot of love here. Kurt is, well, he will pamper, he will definitely feed Jefferson. But if Pittsburgh does get that touchdown early and they get up early, Osborne's got some week 14 winning upside to him this week. Yep. And you are totally on board with um with Madison again this week. Oh yeah. Uh, Steelers have given up uh over 25 points to the running back position twice over the last four weeks. The others that they didn't were 13 and 15 points to Freeman and DeAndre Swift. Uh, last time they held it back under 10 points was week nine. David Montgomery was Chicago. So absolutely on board with Madison this week. That was an ugly game script, too, if I remember correctly. It was a pretty ugly game script, if I remember correctly, as well. Um, defensively, if you need a streaming defense, I don't expect either one to be a, a great option. It's pretty defense neutral on both sides. Um, so tread light, not necessarily tread lightly there. It's It's neutral. Actually, yeah. never start the Vikings defense. But I mean, in a game like this, you're just hoping for turnovers. Both quarterbacks. Kurt's been extremely good about about not turning, about the, not ball turning the ball over. He will take some sacks, especially J. You know, T.J. Watt. He's going to get his own. I think Pittsburgh's in for floor week for defense. Mm-hmm. Minnesota, you're just hoping for you know their pass rush can find some legs. They're playing against a bad O line. There's probably better options, but I think both are fine. 
Yep. Oh, Steelers wide receiver side of it, by the way, Deontay Johnson's absolutely been on a tear. Uh, Pat Fryermuth, tar- target volume has been down the last couple of weeks. He's still a red zone weapon. And Claypool is, log- I think he logged a full practice today. Practice practice today. He should be uh, should be good to go. Though just three targets against Baltimore. Yeah, three against Baltimore. Um, not high efficiency. Him and Ben have been really struggling to link up. Uh, been working a lot better with Johnson. But this is a get. But this is a get right game for him, though. It, it, <laughs> and, it, uh, and it could be because it's a weak Viking secondary. Before that three target game against Baltimore and a tightly contested interdivision game, eight and nine targets of two weeks before, not hyper efficient, but they're targeting him in deep, and that's the thing about a lot like KJ Osborne, right? Darnell yeah. Mooney. All you got to do is catch one, and you're to a decent day. And you catch two, you're at a really good day. So, yep. And they still will manufacture touches for, uh, you know, for Claypool, especially, you know, without Juju and James Washington hasn't done much. So they're going to need their, uh, they're going to need their outside options. They're going to need, you know, they're receiving work if Minnesota gets on a roll early too. So this, this could be a sneaky shootout. It's not the worst game to target. And they are, are in a dome. Boswell's been relatively good this year. Also, he's been very good this for year too, advice. especially kicking in Pittsburgh. Yep. We all know which is tough. tough. But he's had a lot of years of doing it. Um, one other thing on this game: remember, it is a Thursday nighter. Make sure those players are not in your flex spots. It's more important, even more so this year, given all the uh, limited practices and all just all the injuries. That yeah, you want to maintain that roster flexibility, given everybody that's that's yep. limited and banged up at this point in the season. All right, Raiders at the Chiefs. Chiefs eight and a half point favorites here at home. 47 and a half is the game total. Chiefs, 3 0 in the last three weeks and covering against the tread, tread spread. Well, the Raiders are kind of reverting back to what they were for most part of the season and that they're one in five over their last five, or they're one in four over their last five games. The Raiders do do better as, as underdogs as they're three and one this year. Look, the Chiefs, I, I just don't think we're going to see the consistent offensive output that we normally see. And I think we're starting to find what I think they're starting to get into that comfort zone of Mahomes not needing to do Mahomes type things to win these games. And the defense has been playing remarkable. Yes. The Raiders have kind of gone backwards while they put out 36 against the Cowboys on Thanksgiving night, 15 against Washington, 13 against Cincinnati, uh, 14 against the same Chiefs defense back in the middle of November, 16 against the Giants. So it's been almost a month outside of that Thanksgiving game since they actually put up some offensive output. Eight and a half is a lot of points, but I like I do like the Chiefs at home. I'm I think I'm back to betting with them again. They just covered an at, they just covered an eight and a half point spread against the Broncos this past week. And I like the under at 47 and a half. The Raiders at times will rise above it, but I I, I don't think it'll take enough the Chiefs scoring for them uh to keep them in line. Put the Chiefs in the spread and the under. All right, fantasy side. We'll go Raiders side first rather than bounce around here. Sure. Um, start with Derek Carr up at the quarterback position. That is not somebody that I want to plug in and stream this week. Leave him on your bench. Uh, Chiefs defense the last couple weeks. Uh, actually, interceptions in five straight, multiple interceptions the last two straight. Um, not a ton given up in passing yards. Uh, no 300-yard passers since week five so uh they've found it they've been getting pressure um so they, they've 
definitely found a way to step up this defensive game. So I, I'm not going to run with Derek Carr. I believe Derek Carr has also had uh, more down weeks than good weeks since the hot early season start. Kind of a lot like what we saw last year where he got out of the gate pretty quick and yeah. then really kind of slowed down a bit. Yeah, I agree. Um, Josh Jacobs with with no uh, Kenyon Drake. Kenyon Drake's out the broken ankle. Uh, he's been getting involved in the passing game, seeing a snap count go up. He's healthy, um, and he has absolutely been productive. You're okay with that one, um, especially given you know you've got Jonathan Taylor on by, you've got uh, Miles Gaskin, who you've been able to plug in a little bit. He's on by Damian Harris, who's been a you know generally a starter for a lot of people, is on by. Uh, so Josh Jacobs is somebody you can absolutely plug in there. Derek Carr, by the way, uh, just one multi touchdown game in the last five weeks. So. For a quarterback okay. like Carr, that is that is not good. That's what I was trying to pull up. He did have one game up over 300 yards at 373, which kind of helped that week a lot. Um, but you know, don't expect that you know that level of yardage to be there. Uh, wide receiver and tight end game. A lot of people expected Foster Moreau to step in and you know kind of get a lot of those Darren Waller targets. Foster Moreau has always been more of an end zone type guy. Um, not a ton of targets there for Foster Moreau. Last week, if I believe, definitely not a lot of productivity. No, it, it was a grind them all game against Washington. And uh, I think Monroe got, I think he goose egged or he had just one catch. It was a rough day for he all. Had one reception for, for, th- all Raiders. for 34 yards, just three targets. All Raiders except for one guy. Josh Jacobs, though. Nine no, targets that's against not who, Washington. Not who I was referencing. I know. I'm just going back to him. Only one game over 100 total yards. But touchdowns have been there in the last two games. Yeah. The guy that I'm referencing is the guy who's benefited most from Darren Waller's absence. The target volume's gone up. Renfro. Uh, multiple games over 100 yards. That is Hunter Renfro. Um, he's getting red zone targets. He's getting target volume now. He's being used in all fat sets of the game. You cannot put Hunter Renfro on your bench at this point in time. He's their only trusted receiving option, right? Yep. Derek Carr is not a throw it. It's on a, you know throw you open receiver. He's a throw it to you when you're open receiver. And the only guy that can get open with consistency in that receiving room is Hunter fucking Renfro. He's a great route runner. That's why. Um, So yeah, lead target separator. Yep. Yep. Very elite. So there you go. Hunter Renfro is your, your guy there. Uh, Raiders defense. Stay away from it. We already mentioned it. Carlson's been good. Uh, Chiefs defense has been a lot better, but you know, keep player kickers, right? (laughs) <laughs> on the flip side of this the chiefs are still chalk they're never not chalk uh one thing to point out though uh edwards alaire and daryl williams split snaps almost evenly last week you think this is the last time that andy reed takes running back advice from patrick mahomes probably <laughs> like woof you could add they could add the andre swift Yep. You could have swept. You could have. You could have waited for James Robinson. Instead, you took Clyde. And yep. well, not, I still like Clyde. It's not gone well. Yeah, it's definitely. It's not. It has not gone well. It's it is the Raiders. Well, it is the Raiders. So you're okay with that. And I'm not advocating a Daryl Williams spot start unless you have to. But um, because he's getting 50 percent of the snap share, there are worse things you could do this week. But just. Gotta I mean, he hasn't there. been over 60 since week three. 
I'm not saying you're benching Clyde. He had 82 total yards and 76 yeah. in week 11. Productive. He's been, he's, he's got, I mean, he, he's productive. Just three targets is the highest he's had all year. Yeah. They, they don't use him in that, in that way. So, nope. Sadly. Uh, the other tidbit here is that the Chiefs defense is very, they've been good the last couple of weeks. They're very streamable this week is, is rough as the Raiders have been. Not just from a points allowed standpoint. The pass rush has absolutely been there. They stopped playing some people out of position. Uh, we gave you the interception metric. Um, they've got, I think, seven over the last five weeks. So turnover ability is definitely there. Yeah. All right. Saints at the Jets. Saints, five and a half point favorites on the road. 43 even is the game total. Look, both teams are struggling. Saints haven't really been the same since Jameis got hurt. The Trevor Simeon experiment didn't work. Taysom Hill's banged up, though he did find his legs, which I think is the only way you're going to be able to win with <laughs> Taysom Hill. They were right he, there, I, attached to his hips. Yeah, right, attached to his hip. It's almost like if you run with a tight, with the, you know, with the quarterback built like a tight end, you're probably going to find some success in these spot starts. Um, but. <laughs> Look, Saints haven't covered a game since since November 14th. It's been ugly for them. The Jets have only covered one game in the last month and a half. I'll take the Saints. I I, I feel a lot more confident in the coaching staff and, and maybe them finding themselves out against Dallas this past week. If you don't want to bet the spread, I just take the, I would I would take the under. Saints still have a very strong defense, and while Zach Wilson looked better this past week, at time or at times, at least early portion of the game, it was until Philly got out of until Philly got up ahead. Um, it, it, it might be another bad day for them, so I'll t- I may just I'm just gonna take the under. I'm gonna stay away from the spread. All right, this is gonna be pretty easy to run through. Yep. We do like that. We do. Uh, Saints are ugly from from a fantasy perspective. Uh, the one thing that you have a little solace in is that the majority of the of the uh, target volume has been going to Deontay Harris. Um, Ninety six yards and a tutter on eight targets this past week. Been upwards of five the last couple weeks. So I mean, they'll target him downfield. If you need a blow up, fine. That's the we're only talking about Deontay Harris because I don't have another wide receiver to talk about. Taysom Hill's got the legs. He also threw four picks. Um, this is a game that I don't expect him to have to throw a ton, thankfully. But I'd expect the Saints to go a little more confidence building. Taysom's banged up. Protect him a little bit, especially if Kamara's back um, in the running game by utilizing the running game. Kamara should be back this week. It's against the Jets defense. It's very porous. Uh, Ingram's in concussion protocol is not worth more than an RB3, RB4 type play. You just haven't seen any pop out of him this year. It's been better since he got out of Houston, but you know it, it's not been fantastic necessarily. He's been just okay in the couple weeks that, that Kamara missed. So, you know. The last five weeks, the Jets are bottom five against all positions in fantasy. Yep, and that's how bad it's been for them. And Houston's in that game in which they won, so it's not been good for them lately. Right. So if you're gonna target somebody in the passing game, it's it's Deontay Harris. 
I agree. Um, a lot of people like Adam Troutman for for some reason. He, I believe he's on IR anyway. He's so I think on IR is... plus I don't get it. But regardless, and the Saints defense it is against the Jets. Zach Wilson been known to throw a, turn, a pick or two or four. <laughs> so you know, defense you're you're completely on board with the Saints. It's going to be a defense and run the football game for them. As far as the Jets go, we saw a little bit more competence out of out of Zach Wilson and his ability to link up with Elijah Moore. I'm not talking about Zach Wilson as a starter, not against the Saints who've had a, a better than normal defense. Elijah Moore is dealing with a quad injury, so you want to keep an eye on that. He's the only person in the passing game that you want to start, though. He does have some pop and some upside. He's getting volume. Um, you know, I guess you could say Jamison Crowder's gotten some volume, too, but has done nothing with it. So Elijah Moore is really the guy that, that you want out of the Jets. Um Running back wise, Tevin Coleman's been the guy with Michael Carter on IR. Michael Carter's got another week before he can think about coming back. So at that point they should just and at that there's point that, there's something there's something that that they're playing for this, so there's no reason to even rush him back. Yep. And it's not been great for Tevin Coleman. You know, seventy, eighty total yards. It's a floor play. Again, uh there's not a lot of upside play out there that you're going to grab off waivers or pick up in a pinch at the running back position. So guys like, um, you know, Tevin Coleman, uh, Rex Burkhead, who we'll get to a little bit later. Uh, those are some of the guys that you kind of have to deal with that just have some of that floor floor volume. Daryl Williams, that has snap share. You just kind of got to take a, a flyer on some of those guys and, and hope maybe it happens or uh, Amir Abdullah even for the uh, Panthers. Yeah. Yep. Ugly game. Avoid it if you can. Yeah. This is not a game to target. Other than Kamara. Hopefully he's back. Yeah. Elijah Moore. Hopefully he's healthy. Hopefully he's healthy. Jaguars at the Titans. Titans, eight and a half point favorites at home. 43 and a half is the game total. Look, this game's also going to be ugly. Julio, I think, is, is due to come off IR, if I'm not mistaken. Um, which is a huge help for Tennessee because we know what that offense looks like without him. Uh, I believe Jordan McNichols is also back at practicing. He could be back this week, uh, which kind of helps this Tennessee offense start to move forward. This game is going to be ugly. Look, Lawrence has been pretty bad. Very bad. Yeah, it's not. Uh, you can say it's not all on him, but I think a lot of it, you still have to put a lot of it on that. I know Urban Meyer has been god awful and he has no help especially when Urban Iyer is actively going away from his best offensive playmaker. And Josh Robinson is absolutely just mind-blowing just how bad of a coach he is. Um, either way, it's a big spread. Uh, Tennessee's defense still isn't that great. But Jacksonville's offense can't score points at all. 7, 14, 10, 17, 9, 7. That's the last seven, six games they've played. No more than 17 points. Well, Tennessee's defense also isn't very good. This offense just can't, this offense struggles to score points against Atlanta, against Seattle. Like, you know, it, it, it may not matter. I'm taking the under and I'm avoiding the spread. All right. Jaguars, this is the point that we're at. Other than James Robinson, who's, you know, a running back and a thin running back week. You got a doghouse. Doghouse. Urban Meyer. Apparently, apparently got benched because you fumbled Hurt. last week. Don't know. Either way, you're not sitting him and you're not starting Carlos Hyde. 
<laughs> I can't. Not at this stage. Urban Meyer would make Carlos had a thing this year. He would. Uh, he find a way to make him a thing. Uh, speaking of finding a way to make somebody a thing, we have to talk about Laquan Treadwell. Laquan Treadwell, eight targets, right? Bad two uh, games uh, each. No, eight and five. Thirteen and five, targets right, over the last right. two weeks. Uh, one hundred and fifteen yards over that time spread. Eight receptions. Uh, he's been their leading receiver. So, uh, I mean, he's. 92%, you know, snap share and he's ran over 20. Yeah. He's, he's been averaging over 30 routes run in the in, in that two game span. Still just 26. You know what? The, he's the, not for dynasty, but for this year, right? Maybe now. Yeah, you know, wide receiver <laughs> isn't as banged up. You're not really missing as many people this week. Maybe Jalen Waddle, maybe Michael Pittman. Um, you know, not not really in such danger of needing a spot start from somebody. And I'm not, so I'm not advocating that you necessarily go out and start Laquan Treadwell, but if you need floor and you're concerned about something else, then the matchup's okay. This is a lot like, it's kind of the anti Elijah Moore or sorry. uh, It's kind of like Deontay Harris. Honestly, you don't feel great about it, but I want to talk at least about one pass catcher from each team. <laughs> You're not happy, but you have to. Yeah. You're not happy about it, but you have to. And that's really the only person on the Jaguars I want to talk about is Laquan Treadwell. Again, floor, spot start, bad defense. Don't expect to blow up. But you know what? Better than some other options you could potentially have. I can't. How? How? How bad is it for Leviscus is now to be not only supplanted by Jamal Agnew, but then to be, which is an ex-offensive player, but then also to be supplanted by Laquan Treadwell. Yeah. Like, Jesus fucking Christ, man. It's really bad. On the Titans side of the things, you're, you mentioned Jeremy, Jeremy McNichols coming off. Good that he's getting healthy. Bad because I don't think they're going to need him that much in this one. Um, Deontay Foreman. Deontay Foreman's going to be the guy that's getting the majority of the of the run here, uh, 19 carries against new England went over a hundred yards. Love Deonta Foreman is a, is a plug and play start this week. Um, you know, they've, they've found a guy that has some explosiveness uh, after the Derrick Henry injury. Um, so good on them. Glad Foreman is, is seeing some run there. Um, you know, Julio Jones coming off of IR, Again, this is not a game where I necessarily want to target pass catchers. I think it's going to be a lopsided game script. Tennessee is going to be able to execute how they want to execute. Jacksonville can't score points. We know that it's Julio Jones in Tennessee if you need to have a pass catcher. But again, it's a game I do not want to target for the receiving game, and I don't want to target it for either quarterback either. I can't disagree with there. All right. Ravens at the Browns. Browns. Two and a half point favorites at home. 42 even is the game total. Both offices are struggling. Baltimore just continues to lose important pieces on both sides of the field. As it looks like Marlon Humphreys is going to be out for the year. This game, it's rough. Both offices can't score points. Baltimore, 19, 16, 16, and 10. The last four games, Browns, 10, 13, 7, and 7. This is an easy honor. 
I think 42 is even a gift. Baltimore's games have gone under the last four games in a row, including the original, including the first matchup against the Browns just a few weeks ago or just a couple weeks ago. I like Baltimore to still win this game. I'll take Baltimore money line and the under. Yeah, the other side of this, uh, we'll look first off at the Browns. Baker Mayfield's a no-go, not enough passing volume, not enough upside. Um, you're okay with Nick Chubb. Kareem Hunt, I believe, is back too. Expected. Expected They're hopeful. Stefanski's hopeful he's ready to return. So you're okay with both of those guys. Baltimore, I believe, is still relatively good against the run. I'm going to go double-check on that just to be sure. I mean, it's I mean, been... Patrick Queen, so... It's been ugly, and that that their their whole their whole secondary is pretty much depleted. Whole secondary is depleted, but they're still over the last five weeks, um, second best against running. Second backs. best against running backs. So you know, Hunt's gonna be back. Chubb's gonna be there. Both Hunt relies a lot on efficiency. I'd probably steer away from that. Just roll with Chubb, especially with Hunt coming off of injury. Um, Jarvis Landry on the other side of this. Look, if you're gonna attack Baltimore right now. The secondary is the way to do that. Jarvis Landry is the most potent receiving option on the Browns. Odell's gone, and he went over 100 yards in the first game with, with uh, without him there. Oh, yeah, wait, that was also against Baltimore, but with a couple more healthy cornerbacks. Just keep in mind, he did not practice today, so just keep an eye out for I think for that's probably more of a... Um, we're, with, we're hopeful it's just a with veteran. Them, with them coming off. off. Yeah. With them... Uh, Coming off the bye, I think it's probably a veteran day off. You know, he just had a whole week. You know. <laughs> I'm kidding. You get into we'll see. the end of yeah. this year, 29 years old, not a spring chicken anymore. Uh, <laughs> Baltimore side of this, Lamar Jackson's been, he's been off. I don't know. I don't know how else just to say it. If you've, you know, if you box score watch, it doesn't look that bad. If you've watched the games, it's pretty bad. Um, you know, he's missed touchdowns by by just a hair the accuracy it kind of continues to be a little bit of an issue for Lamar uh, maybe not not overall but when it matters you know that you had two point conversion just out of the reach of a tight end he missed a couple that was touchdowns. on Andrews that was not on Jackson okay you missed a couple touchdowns threw some balls outside when they didn't need to be outside he's really been his own worst enemy the last couple weeks uh, just one touchdown passing in each of those the problem is is that you know you typically are still very very high on the rushing upside right hasn't scored a touchdown rushing touchdown since week two has not had a rushing touchdown since week two um you know 55 yards last week 39 yards week before last three weeks under 100 yards rushing on the ground so it's typically where you rush at um under 75 even for him so you're still going to get a floor day out of Lamar. It's not a great Browns defense, especially when it comes to the run. Um, you're not sitting Lamar, but he's not going to carry your team the way that he he used to. Not right now, not until he can fix whatever. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, something needs to be fixed, right? I mean, like you just mentioned, you, you know, it's him. It's it's the playmakers. Maybe it's him. They're running with him less, and they're throwing with him more. I mean, Baltimore is dead even in the middle mm-hmm. in pass attempts per game right now, and they're they're actively trying to make Lamar 
and to more of, a, of that long term on you know answer. We're seeing the growing, we're seeing the growing pains with that. Yep, and, and you absolutely are, and, and this is kind of what everyone wondered, right? And you know, when he gets Bateman, this will happen. Bateman Goose last week, so there's more growing pains here than I think some people that I share the show with even anticipated. I mean. Easily, yes. I, I like he is still very impressive what he was able to accomplish early on, and you can clearly tell that there's some veteran leadership on this. Him and Watkins have been pretty much going in opposite directions. Watkins got hurt when Bateman came back. Yep. And now we're seeing the we're, we're seeing Jackson and the team have to lean on their veterans. So he's he's on that Chris Godwin trajectory at this point. It feels like where he's he's going to have to wait a certain, and that's okay, and, and that's absolutely fine with Watkins. You're not, he's not giving you blow up games just like Bateman wasn't. I wouldn't recommend really either of them in this one. The guy that I want to highlight for the Ravens is Marquise Brown. Um, doesn't really need a lot of highlighting, but man, has the target volume been there for Brown? Uh, he's been, he's only had two games since week five where he's been under double digit targets, and those were at seven targets and five targets. So he's getting volume, he's getting the ability to create. He's a guy that's got big playability against a defense that'll give up big plays. Um, the other guy I want to talk about on the Ravens is a guy that I keep looking at in my lineup and feeling not very good about it, but the Browns are not good on the run. I keep finding ways to sit him and I can't. The Browns are not good on the run. He's getting the majority of the run for Baltimore, gets most of the receiving work for Baltimore, and that guy is Devonta Freeman. He He's been a very, very serviceable running back. The last couple weeks, especially given his involvement in the receiving game, eight targets last week, 45 yards, picked up a tutter in the rushing game, over 50 yards on the ground, uh, was good for 97 scrimmage yards plus the touchdown. You're okay with that in your RB2 if you have to have it. Oh, easily. Uh, one out on Watkins. Looks like his snap share is going back up in games. That Watkins has been 50-plus snap share, minimum of six targets, right? Touchdowns may not be there, but four catches in all those games – Yardage hasn't been there either, though. I think yardage has not been great. This just like bad time out last time they played against Cleveland. It's just looking at narratives. If you need a a floor option, I think I wouldn't be shocked if they lean more on these veterans down this stretch until they secure a playoff, a true playoff spot. They have sees all over the fucking place. New England in one year is back on top. That's all fucked up the AFC is right now. It's true. Took New England one year to make a to make their comeback to the top. Yep. Surprise. Just whatever. Anyways. The Falcons at the Panthers. Panthers. Two and a half point favorites at home. 42 and a half is the game total. This game's gonna be ugly. Right? Nothing too exciting to get no the right home about. You know, Atlanta's offense is sputtering a little bit. Carolina's been all over the place. You expect this game to be a little more to it. Last time out, 13 and 19 against with these two teams at, at home or at, at Atlanta, excuse me. Over under wise, Atlanta's gone under in four straight games. Panthers have gone over three straight games. Both game totals have been relatively small. I'll take the over and I'm staying away from the spread. All right, flipping the script here. Um, Panthers' defense has been relatively about middle of the road. Cordero Patterson's been the Falcons' best weapon here. 
Um, but guy that's been coming out a lot is Russell Gage. Um, over seven targets each of the last three weeks. Touchdown. Went over 100 yards against Tampa Bay, who has a good pass rush in what was largely seen as a, or what largely was a, a negative game script. I expect Gage to be another one of those floor type of players, a guy that you know, I like a little bit more than Watkins. They're both probably rostered in deeper roster leagues, but they're probably available in some of your shallower like home leagues and stuff. Those are guys that I think you can pick up and plug in because of the, the dearth of depth that you have at, at wide receiver. Flip side of this on the Panthers side of the football, because again, this is not one that we can really go super deep into. Um, Amir Abdullah is a guy that I've seen called out on Twitter. Shout out to Roto Underworld calling out, you know, the potential use for him in the receiving game. He did see six targets uh, last week after Christian McCaffrey went down. You got to try to replace that, that snap share. Uh, DJ Moore, obviously the wide receiver that, that I really want to run with. Robbie Anderson hasn't been relevant, although this is the time of the year that Robbie Anderson typically becomes relevant. But <laughs> that's true. Definitely true. And he rocks the Cynthia from Rugrats haircut, so I'm on board with that. <laughs> Look at his uh, pro football reference picture. Who's this? Robbie Anderson. Robbie, An- oh, that's right. It's all over the place. Yeah, it looks like Cynthia from Rugrats, the doll. Yep. Oh, um, uh, there it is. Yeah. Yep. Oh, easily. Easily. It, it, it almost looks photoshopped. It it kind of does, doesn't it? Yeah. Like almost like I, it, it's like he's standing behind a wall of graffiti. It kind of does. Cam Newton's been very sporadic uh, since since he came back. So, you know, the good news is it's been okay for DJ Moore, but Cam Newton himself has not been fantastic. So. Not looking at either quarterback as an option that I necessarily want to stream. I'm not, not looking at any defenses. Either defense is a great option, although neither one of them should go negative. You're probably looking at about run of the mill for defenses there. Um, I don't like a lot in this game. It's a lot of floor. I mean, that's. I mean, it speaks to the 42 and a half game total. Mm-hmm. Uh, fun fact: Russell Gage goose egg last time out against the Panthers. How long ago was that though? Week eight. Okay. Fair enough. Cowboys at the football team. Cowboys are four-point favorites on the road. 48 even is the game total. Washington has covered four straight games in the row as Dallas hasn't covered. Dallas is two and three over their last five. This feels like... This feels more like a Washington game. The playing that quote-unquote inspired football without needing to score a lot of points. Just uh, 34 total their past two games. Dallas has been ugly, to say the least. Been back and forth pretty much um, since their you know their launch streak came to an end against against the Broncos. Uh, they should be healthier more often than not. Zeke, one more week healthier. I like Dallas to cover, though, in this game. and I like the under. Washington has gone under in five straight games. Dallas has gone under in, in their last two. And both teams have gone over once over their previous seven games. I like the under here, and I like Dallas in a tight, close game. Fair enough. All right, we'll start out with the Fush football team because they're they're relatively, uh, relatively easy to figure out, at least 
I like to think. Um, problem is Dallas is a really good top cornerback. So we're talking, that's a Terry McLaurin statement is what that is. Uh, Terry McLaurin also, by the way, has been just okay here recently. He hasn't given you kind of some of the bigger games that you were more acclimated to, especially earlier in the year. Uh, just one game where he's gone over a hundred yards, which was kind of a calling card for him. Really one game over 60 yards in the last five weeks. Um, just one touchdown as well. Going to draw a very, very tough matchup this week. Doesn't mean you can't have your way with Dallas a little bit, but you know, that may not come through through Terry McLaurin. So, um, actually I want to go see who John Bates tied in now that well, Thomas and Seals Jones may not be back. It's going to depend on if Seals Jones is back. You're starting whatever tied in from the football team is healthy on their depth chart. Right? Doesn't yep. mean you're starting them both if they're healthy. It means if Seals Jones is healthy, start Seals Jones because I'm assuming Bates hasn't surpassed him. They've been doing about the same damn thing. Bates is healthy and Seals Jones isn't. You start Bates. So. Seals Jones, if he's healthy, otherwise it's Bates. You're definitely starting the tight end. You can definitely get worked that way. What I was looking to see, though, is who their second leading wide receiver is. I think we've seen a good amount of Humphreys, but I think it's Humphreys or is it Sam or is it Stevenson? It's one of the DeAndre Sims. Carter, maybe De- DeAndre Carter. I think has found some leg too. I think it's still been pretty much a void. It's pretty much an avoid situation. I like it because number twos have some success, you know, opposite digs. You know, Deontay Harris, Hunter Renfro, um Tyreek well, Tyreek Hill's a primary. Um, well, even Diggs is himself. I mean, Diggs is just an opportunistic guy. He gives up a lot of yards. He still. does give up a lot of yards. Tim Patrick, Adam Thielen. But you're right, Diggs is a is a ball hawk, and that was the other point I was gonna make is that Diggs is a ball hawk. He's not Lockdown necessarily. No, not yet. He may get there, but he's he's totally not a mm-hmm. a shutdown corner. Teams will. I mean, maybe he would be if he wasn't super aggressive. And when you have an, a great pass rush and a great offense, you, you can, can be, ask your top corner to be aggressive. Be a little aggressive, right? Um. So Washington is again. They're a lot like Kansas City, where they're pretty chalk. It's like Casey Light when they're chalk. And they're chalk. You're not going to go get cute with secondary pass catchers, even though Dallas can can give up a bit to that. You're more so going to be whatever starting tight end they run out there, and then Terry McLaurin and Antonio Gibson. McKissick may be healthy again. Could very well be a McKissick game. You're going to have to watch his status throughout the week. Because he does get target volume when they're down. Now, other side of this with Dallas, Washington's defense, we've mentioned it plenty of times before. They uh you know, they're a little neutered, especially in the you know, pass rush department. That means that there should be plenty of time to throw, work the ball to Cooper and CD Lamb. Uh Gallup has had some target volume. Uh, you know, we had some concerns about Gallup and Dalton Schultz and and how they would play off each other. And the answer has been that it did cut into Schultz's target volume a little bit um, when Gallup got back, but not a, a whole shitload, essentially. And Cooper has been banged up. He's been able to play through his injury. You know, he's he, he got COVID, I believe is what it was. He tracked to COVID. He was out 
Um, he still isn't quite a hundred percent as as it's not to be shocked yeah. or anything like that. So, and Gallup's been playing well beyond, I think, even expectations since his, since returning from his injury. Little, yeah, Gallup. I think has really had one. Yeah, he's had one big game since he got back, and then he caught a touchdown last week, which saved it. The target volume's been there. The efficiency hasn't been. He is primarily their their deep threat too. So yeah, Dak is no, it's still Dak. But All right, final noon game until the preview or until the review. Excuse me, Seahawks at the Texans. Seahawks are seven and a half point favorites on the road. Game total at forty one and a half. Seattle got on the right track this past week against San Francisco, finally letting Russ quote unquote cook. Houston's fucking terrible. Uh, one thing to note here is you look at the over unders for uh, you know, previously for these teams. Seattle has gone over once in their last 10 games. Houston's gone over twice in their last 10 games. Um, money was suggested bet that to bet that under, though at the 41 and a half is the lowest that Seattle has seen in its last 10 games. But Seattle hasn't played in a game to, outside of this past game against San Francisco, seven straight games, six straight games of under 40 points. So I do like the under, and it's more likely due to the fact that Houston just isn't going to score enough points or they won't quite get there. No Tyrod Taylor. He's on IR. Davis Mills back up to bat here. I like the under here and avoiding the game spread. I just do not trust Seattle to close out a game yet. This is another one that's going to be ugly. This is not a pretty slate. No, not at all. Not at all a pretty slate of games. Um, look, you you want this to be get right for, for Seattle. You would like to see them do kind of what the Rams did last week in a plus matchup and keep their foot on the accelerator and and get their guys going and feeling a little good about themselves and use DK and use Lockett and, and get those guys right, get Russ right, kind of kind of set the offense in the right direction. Yeah. The problem is, is I feel like they're more Tennessee than they are LA, where <laughs> that's going to mean a lot of Alex Collins and potentially even Adrian Peterson. Don't go start Peterson. Hell, don't go start Collins if you can help it. Actually, Peterson got put on. Uh, he got put back on the practice squad. Did he? Yep. He can only be elevated one more time until he's locked into the roster. Nice. So didn't see. We'll that. see. So Alex Collins then. Yeah. But um, again, I don't love it. Alex Collins is a floor guy. It's kind of what Davanta Freeman for me this week, right? But. We put DK in timeout last week, right? We did. I don't think you did anything to come out of timeout. Well, Seattle's offense actually scored some points, which is eight good for thing five to for see. sixty yards. Little stabilized. Lockett caught the touchdown. It's. Uh, I'm just more. I was more looking at Seattle's offense getting back on track. I would like. They may to not do. need their passing offense to get back to. I mean, this could be the game. Like you just said with the Rams, this could be that game where Seattle can use this as that punching bag to gain but back the confidence. And they said it themselves. It came out after that game. They want to get DK more involved. The same shit we hear all the time, but squeak wheel may get, you know, the oil but here. So do you trust, are you just playing devil's advocate though? Or do you really trust Seattle to 
if they're up to try to get the passing game. I'm trying. Right. I'm trying to gain myself confidence to play DK and what should be a plus matchup. But it's still fucking it's, Seattle and still Pete Carroll. And we all know Pete so Carroll blew his fucking load watching Bill Belichick throw three fucking passes and so on. Yeah, I one think day. that this is almost a trap because of the the decent matchup, but how Seattle typically wants to to play been football. So bad it's this almost year. Almost a trap. Uh, they've been so bad too. It's it's one game should not erase the last seven games that they've looked all right abysmal. And besides D- that Jacksonville game, even that was ugly. If you're gonna pay, play DK, you treat him like boom bust, and you hedge your bets is what you do. You treat him like a little bit better situation, Allen Robinson. No, no, you don't touch fucking Allen Robinson. You treat it like a a, a little, little bit, bit better, better situation. No, you. So you barely thinking, touch DK. I'm thinking this is more like a Chase Claypool situation, not okay. oh, not yeah, Allen Robinson. Yeah, where I can see Claypool. He's going to get targets, and you just want him to pull in a couple of big ones and and call it good. And you know maybe he doesn't get targets a couple weeks randomly. This is more of a like Allen Robinson is showing you nothing. Absolutely, Allen Robinson's totally ready to move the fuck on. Absolutely. And he's totally checked out. Like DK Metcalf had a bad three-week stretch. Allen Robinson has showed you nothing. You can still play. I'm not saying you're going to play DK with confidence, but I think if you're going to... No, you play him, but you hedge your bets. Yeah. You play him, you play him but you just have to maybe live with the fact he may give you only you know a few points. So. Yeah, you play him, but you couple it with a floor guy that, you know, a high floor guy that you don't need to blow up just in case he does dodge you. That's what you do. Yeah. yeah. Um, that or you throw a lineup of bombs out there and hope three of them go off. I mean, yeah, you just get two. You know, this could, it could be that, right? This could be. Seattle Seattle brought in Adrian Peterson because it's a win now move at, at a team that was three and seven, three and eight. So yep. clearly that team's of right mind. Sure. Uh, Tyler Lockett's been the more consistent receiver, by the way. If I'm starting a receiver, it's going to be him, not. Yeah, no, I agree. You probably don't have both of them, but, you know, just saying. It's, probably not. I'm a lot more confident in Lockett than I am DK. And I am. I am every week. Uh, Seahawks yeah. defense. Uh, you look up the definition of streamable and the Seahawks <laughs> defense is just there. They've been playing better when the offense while the offense has been down and they get a not, not great, as I would call it. They get Davis Mills. They get Davis Mills. Although and Rex Burkhead and Brandon Cooks. Yeah, Rex Burkhead's been getting some run. At least a lot of work, a not a bit. lot of uh, not, not a lot, a lot of, of efficiency. But he's getting a lot of some receiving work. If you want, if you're into three receptions and sixty total yards and seven to nine <laughs> fantasy points, Rex Burkhead's your guy. That's what gets guy. you off. That's, That's right. what gets you off. Rex Burkhead's your guy. That's uh, right. Brandon Cooks was a little bit better with Davis Mills than he has been with Terod Taylor. He had a big week week one with Terod Taylor. Terod goes down. A um, little more sporadic there. I, again, don't love it. Not a lot of receiver matchups I love. A lot of ugly matchups this week. And that yawn means we're at the beer review as we wrap up noon previews. I've been yawning all day. I don't know what my problem is, but I have been yawning all day. What do you think, Dan? 
I am again drinking Half Acres Orion. This is their bourbon barreled aged Shranel. Um, so expectations are going to be light to, or about a medium body with that barrel. You're going to pull off the barrel notes. I don't know what they use to age this in, so I can't partake on that, but you'll get your traditional bourbon notes inside of this. Shranels don't partake a whole lot of overpowering flavors. You're going to get more of the barrel in there. There's no added adjuncts to this, like chocolate, vanilla, or coffee. It's just straight up what they use to make the beer and then and then the notes that they took away from the barrel when they aged it in this bourbon barrel. So again, Shrana vanilla. Uh, you get a little bit of you get a little bit of chocolate uh, to it here with a, with a bit of a cherry finish to it. Um, about the medium s body. It, 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 if you like the style of beer, Orion's one of my favorite. It's, it's one of my favorite barley wine style beers. So. Um, if if you have a chance to get this half acre does generally do at least regional distribution um i would highly recommend picking this up if you find it all right i'm almost out of this if that tells you how good it was very coffee forward um but you definitely get a lot of the vanilla and de- like really pronounced caramel notes in the back end of this especially for it not having adjuncts they call out rum raisin in here as well um and that just makes me think that they use some really fucking heavy crystal malt. <laughs> yeah, no guy. shit to get caramel out of there. To get yeah. like legit caramel and raisiny notes, that's crystal malt to a to a tea. Um, but also some pecan notes. It's very good. Um, I it's surprisingly easy drinkable. I could drink probably four or five of these without feeling too terrible about it. Uh, one of my favorite Christmas beers. Uh, I mean, flying colors to. Unlike any of those noon games, which had me yawning by the end of it, flying colors to Bent River, as most of their adjunct beers get. If Bent River does, if, if Bent River does a season right, it's the pumpkin and Christmas season. It's true. I've got because uh, their potato. I've got their one, uh, their got, sweet potato ale is amazing. Got one upstairs. So solid choices. All right, you ready to to uh, drive this fucker home? I'm gonna get a beer. You go ahead and kick off whatever the next All right. game is, and then I'll we're gonna start the three o'clock games here. Detroit game. at Denver. Denver is nine and a half point favorites at home. Forty-two even is the game total. For as bad as Detroit's been, betting on Detroit has brought you winnings this year. They're eight and four as underdogs. They've been underdogs in every game this year. Seven and three in their last ten, including a four-game cover streak. This is against the Vikings, the Bears, and then on the road against the Browns and the Steelers. Broncos have been kind of back and forth. I don't think Detroit's going to win, but I definitely think Detroit's going to cover this this near double-digit point spread. I do expect this this game total. Or I do expect the spread to come down. So I would take Detroit with as much points as you can get. Game total-wise, I think 42 is aggressively where it needs to be, and I would stay away from it. So take Detroit. To cover than plus nine and a half right now with as much confidence as any game this week. So Denver. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. It's 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 not it's Melvin Gordon. Melvin Gordon's supposed back, to be back, back this practice. week, too. That's exactly where I was going with this. Melvin Gordon's back at practice. <laughs> 
So do you anticipate it to go back to 50-50? That's going to be the million-dollar question. I don't think Melvin Gordon's fades out completely, but I would not be surprised if Javante takes a little more, a little of the, of more those, of a 60, little more snaps away. More a little, 60, gets, gets a little more run. A little bit more of a 60-40 split than the 50-50 we've seen all year. Especially in this game where they should they should be able to win their favorite like they should be able to win handily. This could be the game where you see a little less Melvin. And maybe Denver is trying to let Melvin rest for one more week. So I, there's going to be a week where we're going to see a lopsided split between the two. This is probably going to be the week. Hit that paleo carved right, by the way. Oh, I'm sure it did. It's actually carved up now. Pretty good. I liked it. It's going to be good. It was good. good. It was good. I liked that. It. Uh, it was a little extra juicy. I mean, it was balanced definitely with the malt, but it wasn't wasn't overly bitter. Yeah. I don't know if that was what you were going for. That is if exact, you did, then you did it right. exactly so. what I was going for. Um, okay. That was the Broncos. No, just kidding. Uh, Jerry Judy has <laughs> been their best receiving option because somehow Teddy Bridgewater can't support more than one wide receiver. So... Jerry Judy's the only guy there I want to start wide receiver wise. I, I get that it's Detroit. Detroit's been able to push pace and push games. The problem is they with Teddy in, Cortland Sutton, six targets last week, just fifteen yards. Um the four games before that, below five targets. It's been I mean I don't know how Denver hasn't tried drew lock drew lock like that game against the chiefs i think stood out the most mm-hmm. why why in god's fucking name like i love teddy love his story obviously you know x viking so i would always have a soft spot for him the dude is fucking done he is journeyman at best and if you can't at least see what you have in your second round pick from two years ago who who clearly has at least more of an aggressive upside, which this team needs. Right. With the, the de- weapons they the have. The defense isn't keeping it close anymore, so you need somebody that's not afraid to take risks on offense, and you might throw some picks, but you know what's not going to happen is you're not going to run the football and win with the defensive staff that you have right now. So you need to try to push the pace, push some of that downfield work, and the problem is – is it Teddy Bridgewater has found a way to neuter two of the guys you just paid. Tim Patrick hasn't been over 30 yards the last three weeks. So it's a solid game. The target volume has been a little more consistent for Patrick than it has been Sutton, but I don't trust Bridgewater to support anybody other than Judy. So it's the two running backs and Jerry Judy for me. And that's really it from the Broncos side. From the Lions side, things get a little bit more interesting because you finally saw some people against a bad defense take off. But... You still have Patrick Sertan and Kyle Fuller <sighs> outside of TJ Hawkinson because the Dendra pass rush is not what it once was, even though the secondary is still all right. Outside of TJ Hawkinson, I don't know that I want anything from the Lions. Now, the takeaway there, Swift doing better, start whatever back, right? If Jamal Williams plays, start him. Denver's not good against the run either. Secondary is solid. Front seven is not. Josh Reynolds, maybe. Josh Reynolds has uh, been more seven a- targets last week. Five targets. Seven and targets is true. Last I week. think it's true. Yeah, working deep. Brought on form. Uh, working deep. Ninety percent. Yeah, it's been eighty-five percent snap share plus since he's joined Detroit. Yeah, it's there. I worry about. 
Or I mean, a little bit it, about the cornerback play. That's that's, that's fair. All. I don't trust Josh Reynolds and you know I trust St. Brown a little more playing out of the slot, but I don't really trust Josh Reynolds to beat. You know, look, you're probably gonna have Sertan on Reynolds, right? Yeah, you're probably right. or yeah. I don't yeah, know yeah, that no, I trust you are, Reynolds. You are to absolutely beat those right. Yeah, I'm putting Sertan on Cleef on Cleef Raymond, so that's fair. I was just pointing him out. No, and it's it's a worthwhile point out because after Denver you get Arizona, who's actually been solid but not great in the secondary. Atlanta, a little bit more, a little bit better positional matchups there. Yeah, to where it's worth pointing out, especially if the target volume persists, and especially if he shows he can do it against the solid secondary. You've also got good safeties there too, so you know that's that's why I'm a little uh, a little lower on Reynolds than I am, you know say a guy like St. Brown that plays out of the slot, but I still don't want to test any of the wide receivers. Oh, God, there's no way you're low points. It's a running back game for both teams. Yeah, I wouldn't play again. This isn't a game you're targeting. No, so there's very few games that you are targeting. Thankfully, we're about to get to a couple. Three of the next four are pretty decent. Or Giants. No, sorry. Four of the next five are pretty decent. I forgot about this one. Yeah. So we'll we'll get to one meh, and then we'll get to the more exciting games. Giants at the Chargers. Chargers are nine and a half point favorites at home. Forty three and a half. It's a game total. No Daniel Jones. Mike Clinton may play, but it looks like it, it's the backup. It, it's potentially Jake Fromm uh, going for the Giants this week. Chargers have they just can't put teams away. Besides the Bengals, it's been kind of in their victories. Have not been pretty. It, 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 but besides this past week against the Bengals, and then way back in October against the Raiders, they haven't won by more than six points. And they're getting this nine and a half point spread. It's at home, so you, it, it's daring. Um, but that's kind of been the way for the Chargers, even against some of these you know worst teams. Denver, they lost. You know they they barely beat you know Pittsburgh. They lost against Minnesota. They Last or they barely beat Philadelphia, so um, the games have been closer. So I would stay away from the spread, maybe even lean the Giants. Giants has, from a game total standpoint, Giants have gone under in their last seven games. Chargers have been kind of back and forth. It's hard to imagine the Giants being able to score enough points to, you know, to feel confident in taking the over. Nine points, 13 points, 10 points have been their last three games. 23 against the Raiders, then 17 against the Chiefs, the last five games. Avoid the spread. Take the under at 43 and a half. Sure. Giants are a hard team to want to do anything with. I mean, the Chargers, they will definitely give up some yardage. They'll definitely give up. We'll definitely give up some points, but it's been really, really hard to target anybody on the Giants. You've had a rotating cast of injuries. Nobody could really figure out how to get anything going on that team. Daniel Jones has regressed, if you ask me. And if he's even been healthy, yeah, it's been yeah. If he's even good. been healthy, you got Jake Fromm starting this game, so <laughs> gonna be amazing, guys. Amazing. This is a don't do anything with the Giants weeks, and you should be able to not do anything. With the Giants, um, you know Saquon Barkley is going to get some run in this one. They're going to key on him, although he's apparently back on the injury report with an ankle injury. So pay some attention to that. 
Darius Slayton was the leading target getter with Mike Glennon. Glennon again, different quarterback. I don't want anything to do with the New York Giants. Don't touch them. The Chargers, on the other hand, one start that defense. Yeah. Two. Yep. Mike Williams probably not going to play. They've got the COVID situation to pay attention to. Some people on Jared Cook with that one. Jared Cook has uh, definitely been utilized as probably their third best receiving option. So he does stand to see a little bit of a bump if you're looking for a streaming tight end. The other guy I want to call out there, though, that's a guy that every time I watch the Chargers, which has weirdly been more than most teams this year, shows up, and that's Jalen Guyton. Yep. Um, Jalen Guyton yep. could play a lot of a of a similar Mike Williams type role, six one two twelve. So he's got size, he's got speed. They'll work him deep, and they do target him deep. He's the guy that I'm looking at that could potentially take that step with Mike Williams out. And you're going to be interested in seeing that too, because I think Mike Williams is in uh last year of his rookie deal. He is, and then you know it's a good dynasty call out. Mike Williams not vaccinated. He Good chance he doesn't go this week. Four targets is the highest since week one for Guyton. Uh, you know, he caught all four for that touch on 90 plus yards. Obviously, his best game this past week. Uh, you expect the snaps opportunity to go up. Uh, the problem is, again, just as you mentioned, how bad the Giants are. Uh, he's not a leading option. So you need Guyton to probably do most of his work early early on in one one or two plays because uh i don't expect the volume to be there in what should be a lopsided victory that's the no. only concern is if the chargers score early with guys like eckler allen and cook especially allen and, and eckler it, it guy may just be maybe neutered because of of game script yeah nope i'm completely with you on that it's it's a call out if you need a boom play potentially yep that's yep. that's essentially what that is the other side of that you're absolutely right um, you know, it could just be an Auckland, Austin Eckler fest, and that is one guy that has huge upside this week. Is Austin? Who's Eckler. the back? Justin it might Jackson. Even be if like a Ron Tree or Justin Jackson. Just, no, game. Justin Jackson per um, upper hand fantasy every week posts um snap percentages for running backs on R- Instagram. Ron Tree is the grinder. That is something to keep in mind. Jackson can uh, play that Roundtree role. Tree didn't take any snaps last week it was uh josh kelly oh god even just fine maybe josh kelly then you might see uh you might see the Uh, backup the Eckler get a little more play here it's not the time to get cute no definitely not time to get cute definitely not if you're in that position you're probably you're probably not playing for the playoffs (laughs) let's just call it unless you're in that position because you've been writing jonathan taylor and damian harris all year and have no roster depth. Leonard Fournette. And, and, yeah. And, yeah. Yeah. Well. All right. All right. 49ers at the Bengals. Niners are one and a half point favorites. 48 and a half is the game total. Spread wise, it's been both teams have been pretty good lately. Niners are three out of the last uh, four they've covered. Bengals are two and two over the past four games. It's going to probably hinge on if Debo is returned. I actually like Cincinnati in this game at home. The AFC North is definitely up for grabs. They have the in-division um, you know, advantages over both Baltimore and Pittsburgh. Um, not so much Cleveland, but Cleveland's going in the wrong direction. My favorite play in this game, though, is absolutely the over. 
Niners offense has found a click even even without Debo this past week against Seattle. And while Joel Burrow is battling with the hand injury, or so the the finger injury, um, there's no denying how good that offense is and what Seattle was able to do against them. And Bengals have a better offense. So I like the over. And if you have to lean game total or money line, I take Cincinnati to win. Yeah, so... We'll start with San Francisco. We know that's a team that that wants to run the football. The problem is, is first, I mean, who, right? The problem <laughs> right now is, is who, because right. yeah. you've got Elijah Mitchell banged up, Jeff Wilson banged up, Jamichael Hasty banged up, Trenton Cannon was stretchered off last week. Trey Sermon's on IR. So who's going to be healthy is your first question there. Your second one is that if it's anybody other than Elijah Mitchell and Debo's back, yeah, you're absolutely playing Debo. I mean, fuck, you may, if Debo's back, you may actually see Debo As a running do what back. he's kind of done the last few weeks when he was healthy. Yeah. Just, and that's be more of a runner. Yeah, just play as a runner. And that's okay. Um, Brandon Ayuk, two touchdowns last or sorry, that was George Kittle. George Kittle's been on an absolute tear. Brandon Ayuk yes. has had opportunity again with Debo out. Um, he's been just kind of okay. Six targets each of the last two games, 55 yards in one, 91 in the other, 85 in the other. You're all right with that. That's th- Those are fine for wide receiver two, wide receiver three type numbers as far as yep. Brandon Ayuk goes. The only thing that you're a little disappointed by is that with Debo out, you didn't see that increase a whole lot. It's kind of where it was the previous three weeks with Debo in. Yeah. Um, but it gives you some confidence in being able to play Brandon Ayuk and what you're actually playing when you play Brandon Ayuk, especially in a matchup where the pace should be pushed. Um, it's Ayuk, Debo if he's healthy, nobody else if he's not, George Kittle. And then we know they're going to want to run the football. You got to tune in Sunday to figure out who's going to be doing it, though, because we have no idea who's going to be healthy in that one. Bengals side of this. T. Higgins has been on an absolute tear the last couple weeks. There's absolutely no way you sit him. Uh, Jamar Chase has kind of been the guy that's been, eh, we'll call it, a bit less on a tear. He's got one, did catch one touchdown, but just 32 yards that week, so you weren't happy with it. The last time you got a week that you were super happy with was the 8 for 201 and 1 performance. Other than that, you've had a couple passable weeks and a couple not-so-good weeks. Um what do you think of Chase this week? I like him more because I like the game script. I, I I like the fact that I think this game's going to be the highest scoring game of the week. Um, at least one of at least the least top two. It should be. I'll write I'll write out the fact that Chase continues to get the big plays. It's just you know, can they connect and? I'll lean on that. I'll play him more so as a two or three than as my, you know, de facto one if I can. But I do like the game matchup and I like the fact that this game should be relatively close throughout, at least in hopes. Like even if there's a you know a 10 point at most late, I think this game's gonna feel close throughout. And that's what you want as both teams are gonna lose and try to have to, you know, you know, forego their game plan here. So yeah, I do like Chase still. No, I do too. Um, 
and it's a situation where you know multiple guys had produced against San Francisco. So it's Chase and Higgins are the two I want to. We like Tyler Boyd on this show. Tyler Boyd is, uh, you know, definitely behind those two in the pecking order, though I think. So oh, I mean he, I mean he has right. One A, one so He's you know, old. like it was Higgins that had the touchdown regression. He came back to life. Now it's Chase. Yeah. Boyd is it, kind of just floats in between. Like yeah. he's been very inconsistent though. So I don't know how you can. I'm not saying you play. I'm, no, you I'm just kind of giving my thoughts on his role too. So, yeah. So you shy away from Boyd. Joe Mixon's an obvious go for it. Uh, I like Joe Burrow. That should go without saying Jimmy Garoppolo is another stream this week, by the way. It's the other thing about San Francisco, especially without running backs against a Cincinnati defense that you see some promise out of, I think, especially with Sam Hubbard. But yeah, they and uh, Bates back in the back in you know at safety. There's there's some nice pieces there. They're just not fully there yet on defense. So you know, Jimmy Garoppolo is a good stream this week. Especially if Debo's back too. Like you're gonna feel a lot better. I feel a lot better if Debo's back. Exactly. All, All right. right. Game of the week, easily. Well, oh no, Monday night. Yeah, Monday night. God, Monday night's gotten good these last week. But I think this one. Bills at the Buccaneers. Bucks three point favorites at home. And fifty three and a half is the game total. Highest game total for the week. Bucks are three and zero against the spread the last three weeks. I we don't like to just you know say throw out games, but I think you kind of have to throw out Monday night's game for the Bills against the Patriots. It's 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 just, eh. I guess the Bills are on this every other win loss though, and right now they're on the side of winning. I guess <laughs> in this matchup, if you want to go for us, you know, for superstition standpoint here. I do like the Bucks at home to play though. Brady plays his best against you know these these top tier teams, and this is a uh, this is one of those games where he's I I just expect him to play out of his mind. Um, and when we get to the off or when we get the fantasy side of the ball, it's going to just be crazy points. I'll take the over in this as well. Tampa Bay to cover three points and the over of fifty three and a half. Yeah, this is a game you absolutely target, but the only bad part about targeting this game is that the only part you have some flex is in the Bills backfield, right? Because everybody else you're not necessarily considering sitting, right? You sit in Gronk? No. You sit in Godwin? No. You sit in Evans? Not a chance. You sit in Fournette with the heater he's been on? Nope. Sit in Tom Brady? No. No. Not at all. And there ain't any chance they're on waivers either. And for the Bills, (laughs) you're not sitting Allen, you're not sitting Diggs, right? Dawson Knox is kind of an enigma. (laughs) <laughs> if you I love Dawson Knox but couple, I do a couple drops I mean, and a really this is tough a great game situation. for him though it was a tough game Monday it is a great game for him though uh two touchdowns he is a guy that gets a lot of red zone work you're a little red zone dependent Bucks defense hasn't been as good over the last couple weeks as it is it was at the beginning of the season though so I do like Dawson Knox uh, let's double back on those running backs for the Bills real quick Matt Breed has been the most efficient he fumbled though um, they played from behind in a game where points were at a premium. 
most of last week. You saw a lot more Moss and Singletary, and that's kind of the problem, right? This backfield is bipolar. Some weeks they like Zach Moss. Some weeks they don't like Zach Moss. Matt Burita is the most efficient one. Sometimes he just disappears. How do you do anything with it? I would say don't, because this game script goes tilted. It's going to tilt towards Tampa Bay. And God forbid you trust your running back two on a Bills running back. Like it's we're we're in, we're pretty much in playoff fantasy take the football. Ninth at this string point. guy in San Francisco before you take the Bills running back. <laughs> Yikes! Ben Jarvis that Green it. Ellis is still available on sleeper. A lot for him. Take is him. that it for this game? Yeah, I mean, there's not a whole it's, lot to to dive into, right? It's it's sure. digs, and I just went through what Tampa Bay is giving up, and I really don't want to go secondary option with Buffalo because, again, it's bipolar. Some weeks it's been Emmanuel Sanders. Some weeks it's been Cole Beasley. Some weeks it's been Gabe Davis. Let's play them all. It's a high points game, right? So if you're debating a Bills wide receiver or somebody with some yeah. of the tr- other trash this week, lean that way because it's a high stakes game but there's nobody I look at there and say yeah no it's obviously that guy let me recommend them it's because of how bipolar it's been I get you right two games left then we're done Bears at the Packers Packers 12 and a half point favorites 43 and a half it's the game total again Green Bay dominant against the spread this entire year uh, ten and two on the season, nine and one in their last ten games. Um, even with Justin Fields back, this is just a Green Bay, right? You know, you know, Rogers has his vendetta against the Bears. He has a vendetta against the Vikings. When he plays them, he wants to just he doesn't want to beat them. He wants to humiliate them in his own mind. And the Bears, well, be like some spark. It's just not their year this year. Green Bay potentially getting back Jair, Jair back here just makes this game feel e- even more so. Go against the the against double digit point spreads and just bet Green Bay over or under wise. It, it, it's been kind of gross. Packers games go mostly under as they're more of a slower paced team. But forty three and a half is the lowest game total they've played in these last ten games. I'm still taking the under, though. So I'll take Green Bay's defense. Chicago having a hard time to find, to find time to score, to find drives to score with on. So Green Bay, 12 and a half. And I like the under at 43 and a half. <sighs> this game hurts my heart. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. Yeah, Justin Fields coming back in. He's basically been Zach Wilson with better legs. I looked into that earlier today. Not wrong. It's not been. Uh, it's I think. Not been I think turnovers is not as ugly, but he's pretty much not. No, been the turnovers deep. are actually a little more ugly, at least from a touchdown to interception ratio perspective. Yeah, it's. Uh, he's got one more. I'm gonna double check this. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. So you look up like, Wilson. I'll, I'll look up Fields. I'm looking at Fields right now. Sorry. Uh, he's, yeah, he's four to eight on touchdown to interception ratio. Ratio. Uh, Wilson, I think, was six to eleven or something like that. It's not been good. Both quarterbacks have. Uh, have All right, let's struggled do, with. Let's do this. Let's go. Let's go back and forth real quick, shall we? 
Let's go back and forth on some of these metrics. Let's do a quick comparison because it's fun. Let me pull up. I'll pull up Wilson. I got Wilson. Too. Stay on fields. Okay. I changed it. Okay. All right. Completion percentage. Uh, where are you on player profile or where are you at? Yeah, I'm on player profile. I'm not on player profiler. I'm on pro football. I'm always reference. on player profiler. Okay. Better advanced metrics to look at. Yeah. Okay. Let's do. Both. I'll just say feels is not. It's not pretty. Let's do both. Why not? We'll do player profiler first. Go ahead and pull up. Uh... Yep, he's on there. Okay. Yeah, I know. I'm saying go ahead and pull up Pro Football Reference too for counting stats. Oh, okay. Let's start here. Sure. All right. Get you. Zach Wilson. Let's start with some of these efficiency metrics because that's what I really care about right now. Yeah, because counting metrics are going to be lopsided because they haven't played in the same number of games. So let's go with efficiency metrics. Yards per attempt. Fields is 10.9. Okay. Wilson, Number one in the league right now. Wilson's at 33. Kind of helps when you have Darnell Mooney. Tell me who the deep threat is on the Jets. Denzel Mims. Elijah Moore. Because oh, he's six in the league in deep targets right now. Could be. But he's recent though, right? Most of that was with... Um, I mean, he's six in the league in deep threats and he's missed like two or three games. That's... I, He's their deep threat. I know. But okay. he's, he's he's also amazing. So But he's also since he really broke out with Mike White, has played two games with Wilson. Uh um, I mean, sure, but he's still the, the air yards threat. per attempt. Uh air yards per attempt. Oh, I'm sorry. He's at ten point nine air yards per attempt. Okay. Number one. Yards per eight, attempt, I think I looked at differently. Yeah. They don't eight, even have eight point two for Wilson. You don't have yards per attempt under efficiency. It should be the first six point nine. Left. Uh, six point nine. Okay, six point so three. So ballpark. Thirty three. Ballpark. Same. Thirty three yeah. and thirteen. Adjusted yards per attempt is four point three. Uh four point seven. Fields. Ballpark. Uh accuracy rating? Six seven. Seven nine for Wilson. He's sixth in the league. That surprises you, doesn't it? I mean, when he gets I mean Again, I mean, that's been a part of it, right? When he gets time to throw, when he gets that clean pocket, when, he, when he's not pressured. True completion percentage? Uh, 61 and a half, 36. 68, 8, 27. Play action? 52, 6. 41, 2. 35th. Better in the pocket Oof. for Wilson. Kind of expected, yeah. right? Uh, we'll skip red ball, deep ball completion. 39, 12th. 46, 9, fourth. Perfect. Not surprising, too. Pressured completion. You, you said pressure? Pressured, yeah. 33 and a 33, one third. Uh, 50, uh, 34th. 26, 7, 37th. Both bad. Not, not unheard of for rookie quarterbacks to be bad under pressure. That's the biggest curve we see when they come into the league. Clean pocket completion. 66, 7, 30th. 65-2, 34th, ballpark. Catchable pass rate. 71-2, 30th. 73-3, 23rd. Yeah, so ballpark. So, again, all I'm saying is... Actually, I want to look at one other thing. One other thing here real quick. Um, receiver target separation. Second row of efficiency metrics. Uh, 
Holy shit. Oh, 1.3568th. 1.7428th. Drop passes? Ninth, 32nd. Uh, 27, fifth. How many per game? Uh, less than one. Three, three, eight for for Wilson. Yeah, I mean, here's what you got, right? Yeah, two quarterbacks that are similar. One's more athletic, Fields. One's been yeah. a bit better of a passer, Wilson. Tell me if you're surprised by that one. I'm not. Um, one's got receivers that can separate but not catch. The other one's got receivers that can catch not separate. <laughs> <laughs> it, it it's uh i think if feel like i think if wilson didn't have the egregiously bad turnover games he would get a little more little more of a pass the fact that i feel like wilson was more polarizing towards the end too how many danger I mean, feels was does what's that how many let's do this real quick counting wise because they're counting stats right sure H- how many danger plays does fields have uh 22-16. How many games has he started? He's played started. Let me go to Pro Football Reference. He started eight games. I think him and Wilson should have started nearly the same. They've started the exact same. They started the exact same amount of games, actually. Okay. Eight. Eight. And what did you say his number was? Sixteen. Uh, was twenty-two danger play sixteen. Okay. 20 danger plays for for I expect uh, that out of both both quarterbacks are fairly aggressive. Uh interceptable passes 18 for Fields, 15 for for Wilson. Yeah. So, so again, I mean really, it's just it seems like Wilson's been bid a little bit more by similar efficiency numbers essentially. I, I mean feel effectively like on Zach it, Wilson are actually a little bit better than I thought they would be. Especially in the accuracy and danger departments and everything. I mean, they're still not particularly great, but like I said, I, I think Wilson gets bit more on the fact that he's got more turnovers to his name. I think that's really the case. Is the Jets are more remarkable team than just you know New York. Yeah. They're going to get more you know leeway for that. Obviously, pick discrepancy in terms of where they were picked. Um. You know, it leans Wilson. It's going to get, just get more under the limelight. Yeah. And the fact the Jets have just been bad for so long. It, it's he's going to get scrutinized more. I mean, if who's more, who's more, who's more likely to get Josh Rosen? Unfortunately, Zach Wilson. Probably Wilson. Yeah. And that's because the Bears don't cut a bad thing. And, you know, the rates are tilted a little bit towards fields. The counting, you know, the, the ratio is a little bit towards, towards Wilson you've got a little more pass attempts towards Wilson than Fields and that's again types of quarterbacks they are that's to be a little expected so they're very similar was the point I was making and I say all that to get back to the point of eh, maybe you don't necessarily want to start Justin Fields against the Packers even though he's playing oh god no I mean that's a lot of winded response I would not play Fields that was actually a reason to compare something though that you and I had chatted about in the group chat earlier you and I have always been you and I I have always been it's always been Fields versus Wilson I wanted to see how close it was and that was based on our buddy Ian making the statement of who is big on Fields making the statement of I didn't get all the glamour with Wilson and he's been so bad since he's gotten to the league and I'm like well Dude, Fields hasn't been much better. If if, yeah. if he wasn't if 
if uh, Fields wasn't on any other team than Chicago. Yeah, Chicago is bad, and the team gets shit on for being bad, and it was different expectations. People expected Chicago to be bad again. They didn't make all the changes the Jets did. And that's where the difference is, and the quarterback catches a lot of a lot of blame for that, and New York is a bigger media market, but it's all about the perception that it's being put, put out there as because yeah. when the statement was made of, well, I didn't get the glitz and glamour with, with Wilson, he's been bad. Well, okay, but... You get the glitz and glamour with Fields, and I think people just also forget Fields doesn't have a lot of great games. He had a good half. He had a good second half against Pittsburgh, and he yeah. had an okay game against you know uh, San Francisco. It's been people remember Wilson's bad games more than Fields. Is Wilson has put forth just overall really bad games, yeah, yeah, and it's, it's it, more so because of the turnovers. Yeah, six, he's just like he. That's and, really it. It's, it's he's got. It's both players have been bad, but Fields is also more light overall too. Yeah, and the New England game, which gets everyone, is that it is the four interception. And he got game him twice. For, like, yeah, it's, not, it's that's not it's the funny. four interception game for her. Yeah, it's it's yeah. Which is, it is the other is. thing is what Belichick does. Trophies anyway. Long winded way to get to don't play Justin Fields. <laughs> Long way to get to an obvious answer. Don't play Justin Fields this week. Dave Montgomery's fine. Darnell Mooney's more than well. He's probably he's not going to get Jair. Even oh even if even if Robinson doesn't go, Robinson doesn't play. I don't think Jair plays him. He's not. He's he's who's Jair going to play if Robinson doesn't go? Demir, he'll probably Demir, play who's ever Demir randomly Bird? on that side of the field. Demir Bird, maybe Bird Grant. Good win. Like, hey, you think the Bears have a type <laughs> with all those guys we just named? I mean, I'm, unless Green Bay decides to shadow I, Mooney, no, they're not going to shadow. They're well, not going to shadow Mooney. Like, that would be the only. Flip they just side don't shadow it right? all this year. So that would be the only flip side of it, right? Is you shadow Mooney, you really got no one. Maybe you take away the only weapon, but I don't think maybe the would. tight ends will actually get work then. No, it's it's Mooney and nobody else. And it's Mooney Montgomery and nobody else. Sorry. Yeah. No, I agree. Packers side is Rock. pretty standard. Yeah. Not really a whole lot to get into there. They're not gonna have to throw enough for tertiary for secondary pieces to be relevant. Yeah, I'm not playing Rodgers. Not in their one of the slower pace offenses in football. I'm playing Rodgers, but well, you, I may be playing. You may Rodgers. have to if Stafford. I mean, I, I think Stafford's supposed to play. Stafford's supposed to play, but. It's also a matter of the fact that Stafford's had two bad games around a good game against a bad defense. Let's see how he does against the Cardinals. Plus, I don't really have anything to play for this week. That's true. You already locked up the number I've one seed. I've locked up the league. division. I've locked up the number one seed. I have locked up. You pay out regular season in that one, right? Yeah, you and Sean will get. Okay, you pay out division winners. So Yep, division winners. Yep. Yeah, so I have like legitimately nothing to play for in that league this week. You're playing for, I mean, you already got your money. You already got your dues next year. You and Sean got your dues next year. We'll so, just, I'll just say that. Yeah. I don't have anything to play for this week. So it's very, very much uh look, I could rest my starters if I wanted to. I don't want to. I'm playing Jordan. That's still very, very much a difference, you know, in the, um, in that fight. For Nick the might miss the playoffs. Now. So, I can't believe that. Nick's got a good chance of missing the playoffs. Jordan's catching me at a good time, too, because I don't have Gaskin well, or Harris or 
Jordan's also got a better record than Nick. Nick mm-hmm. Nick's only way into the playoffs in that league is if I beat whoever I'm playing or Drew beats whoever he's playing. That's I, I think I'm playing Carter and and I think Drew's playing like Carter Sean or Ian. I think I'm we, playing we don't, Carter. We don't and have Drew. And, oh, uh, Keith Car- Carver. And then Carver is playing. As I say, you keep Drew. saying Carter, and I'm like, no, Carter. Carter is a, yeah, Carter's in the listener league. Yeah, other league. Yeah. Anyways, final game. Rams oh, at Rams the Cardinals. Cardinals. This is my pick for game of the week over Bills Bucks. Probably is, but I still love Bills. Uh, Bills Bucks. I mean, uh, I Cardinals are two and a half point favorites at home. Fifty one and a half is the game total. The only other game. One of two games over 50 game total. Cardinals have been dominant against the spread this year. They're nine and three overall, eight and two in their last 10 games. Still home favorites, they are two and three this year with a push in there. Um, but Murray's back. Rams, you know, look good against a team they were supposed to look good against. We'll see how back they are. Because outside of that Jacksonville game, they haven't covered a game since October. I'll take the Cardinals to win on at home, but I will not be surprised if the Rams do do pull out a victory here. And I'll take the over. Um, outside of the uh, the Niners Bengals game, I th- I think this game is the one that scores the most points in. So I there it's just going to be a sh- close shootout style of game. Henderson should be back for the Rams. Cardinals are going to be healthier than they've been in the, in the last you know month or so. So. I like the over more so than just spread, but I'll lean the Cardinals. You know who's found their legs since Robert Woods got hurt? Van? Van Jefferson. Jefferson. I mean, even Odell. I mean, even Odell's been all right. Yeah, Odell's caught a couple touchdowns and is working his way into the offense. Van Jefferson has had seven or more targets each of the last four weeks. Uh, Odell Beckham, 10 and 5. So you're still a little touchdown dependent there, a little inconsistent. We'll see how they decide to attack Arizona. I like Van Jefferson if you're looking for an upside play this week. Um, Again, in leagues where he's not necessarily rostered. Cooper Cup's been on an absolute tear. Um, The running game here, pay attention to if Daryl Henderson is good to go or not. But Sonny Michelle, solid week last week, really. He's a rhythm runner. Very good week last week. Very good. Rhythm runner, as McVay called him, doesn't really work well as a is a change of pace back. Maybe that's kind of what went wrong in in New England. So Sony Michelle very, very much could end up having another big week this week. Again, you probably snapped him off waivers. If you did, you know, start him. I don't expect to be as lopsided, but we know Michelle can work in the receiving game as well. So um the other side of this for the Cardinals, by the way, I'm okay with starting Matt Stafford. It should be a high-scoring game. You want to start players yeah. in high-scoring games. The other side of this with the Cardinals, um, Hopkins should be more involved this week than he was last week. As he gets healthier, right? I think no it, one's shocked in a what should have been a lopsided win for the Rams or for yeah. the Cardinals. That, that, uh, he had two receptions and two targets. Yeah, yeah, that he should uh, see a little more work now. Yeah, he absolutely should see a bit more work versus uh, what he did last week. Christian, but he will get Ramsey, so have fun there, yep. bud. That's why I like Christian Kirk. Yeah. Christian Kirk has been the solid number two there for 
Gray, Arizona. Very, very much like him. The other thing you have to like, the Rams, for whatever reason, cannot play the run for shit. James Conner, resurgence. That's it. That's it. That's that's it. That's the final week of most regular seasons. That's potentially week one of the playoffs for some weeks. Yep. We still got Good luck to you guys. Three weeks of this left as we work you through through playoff matchups, playoff games. The thing with those is that that's a lot more start-sit centered. So um, if you're in the playoffs, your roster is pretty well set. set. Not going to be a lot of a lot of deep cuts there. So it may take a more targeted approach the next couple of weeks. We'll see how that goes, but we'll be with you for your playoffs. Good yep. luck. Tune in. Tune in Sunday morning. Exactly. We'll see you guys Sunday. Thank you.